to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city, we unlocking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. Welcome back to the year 2022. It's our first show of the new year. So I hope everybody, I know we're a little late. It's 10 days, 11 days, whatever. Hope everybody's been safe and having so far a great start to the 2022. There we go. We're finally live. Year. What a show we got for you today. A lot happening in the NFL. A lot happening in the college football world. Well, because as we know, ladies and gentlemen, it is a rematch in the SEC as the Alabama Crimson Tide, once again, going for a repeat against the Georgia Bulldogs. Well, the Bulldogs finally get over the hump and win their first title in 41 years. And then, of course, we are going to talk. I promise that we would not talk about the New York Giants for the rest of the season. You lied. No. The season's over. So nice. I was right. I waited until the end of the year. That was a month ago we talked about the Giants. We're back to talking the New York Giants and the mockery. Have they hit? And why have they hit rock bottom? Trust me, you want to tune in for that. But let's start off with last night. Let's think about how this season started. This season started on a Thursday night, classic, in sunny Tampa Bay, ended on a field goal. It was a back-and-forth game, chaos. Then you got to think about the Monday night game, chaotic once again in Vegas, as it was the Raiders and the Baltimore Ravens in one of the crazier Monday night games that we've seen in recent memory. And we didn't think that it could get topped. Well, as this season has been the entire 18 weeks, this has been Anything but unexpected, chaotic, just surprises after surprises after shockers that we've been getting each and every year. That's why I cannot wait for this playoff season, because if it's as good as this season is, ladies and gentlemen, football fans, we are in for a classic postseason. I want to think of this as last night and Chris Collinsworth kind of said it best, too. If I can think of something of how this game kind of like symbolic and I don't want to take this the wrong way, but symbolic of the last two years as a whole in the world. And he said, and why I'm saying this is because you can't write a script of what the past two years has been in this country or in this world with everything that's been going on with COVID and just the chaos. And Chris Collinsworth said it last night. If you tried to write a script of last night's game, they laugh at you because it, it almost came to a reality that this doesn't make sense like this past two years has been, like last night's game was. You couldn't make sense of anything that happened that was demonstrated for not 60 minutes, that we literally came down to 70 minutes of the final regular season and one of the craziest seasons, maybe the craziest seasons in all of the NFL history. That Pittsburgh Steelers fans, I hope everybody got enough sleep because, boy, oh, boy, we had to wait a while to know who was going to be the final or get the final 14 teams in the 2022 postseason. So I also wanted to talk about last night's game, but also in the sense of because there was another big surprise, and we can talk about either one of these games. Two of the biggest surprises last night was the call by Brandon Staley. To me, I know today is also a very 
it's a great day for some teams, and it's a bad day, as they like to call it Black Monday, because of the sense that teams, some teams have to start over again, and some teams are are prepping for postseason time. But it's also the Indianapolis Colts, one of the teams that we wouldn't maybe even be talking about last night's game as much because of what the Colts had writing on last night's game. So for you guys, anybody wants to take it away, you can say whatever you want. More surprising. Is Are you going to yell at me? Four, by a, a two-touchdown favorite last game of the season against the putrid Jacksonville Jaguars who couldn't find the end zone, all of a sudden became the 85 Bears, and all together they just won. Or is it Brandon Staley's once again ridiculous head coaching decisions? Or maybe it should be the Miami Dolphins firing their coach and Brian Flores, who just won eight out of the last nine games, swept the Patriots, and I beat know, them. No, beat them not, and beat them three of the last four times. Not many teams, not even the Buffalo Bills, can say they beat the Patriots three of the last four times, even though they just won their second division. Congratulations! But that's what happens when you have the best quarterback in the division. Look at the teams that won the divisions; they all have the best quarterback in the division. It's. I mean, you can make the argument in the NFC West, but. As a whole, for this question and what the answer needs to be, it's the Colts. It's a very easy answer. It's the Colts upset. It's the most disappointing loss I've seen all season. Um, you know, I'll take away, you know, you got the Jets, Titans, you got the other games. No, it's yeah, but that, yeah, that's like early you in the season. Literally went into Buffalo and ran wild on them. You went, you played a Saturday night game against the Patriots and ran up and down on the Patriots and you dominated them. You had the best running back in football. You had an MVP candidate. You have one of the best offensive lines. You had the solid defense who led the league in takeaways. You went into Jacksonville just having to win a football game. Now, I know, listen, everyone gets paid. Everyone has a job to do. I told you yesterday, I thought well, yesterday was the best weekend of football of all season. You know, usually during the season you get some games. Everyone was playing for either incentives, their jobs, their careers, whatnot. Yesterday, every game was pretty much great. I mean, every game, there wasn't with really the a exception bad... of one game. With the exception well, of one. Not, every, not every game was great. There's one game specifically well, that was depending on Depending on who fan was. But, I mean, even like if you're a Jets fan, they competed against the Bills. I was thinking about this. Houston, which was down tremendously against Tennessee, back in the second half. I mean, and then getting back to the thing that I started with, the Colts upset. You play the Jacksonville Jaguars. They they had a situation with their coach being fired. The well, did you know did you, hold on. Did you know this fact? The, the Indianapolis – I don't know if you guys both – Yes, know. I do know this. Okay, Joe, Jacksonville. I don't know if you knew this. The Indianapolis Colts haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014. So it continues. I, I did see that. Trevor Lawrence played his best game as an NFL rookie. But as a whole – the Jacksonville Jaguars dominated the game. If you were actually tuning into the game, mm-hmm. they dominated. Their defensive line dominated one of the better offensive lines in the football. And their offensive line took care of business. They give Trevor Lawrence protection. If I'm a Jacksonville Jaguar, it's something to build off of. That's a great way to end your season. But if I'm an Indianapolis Colts fan, I've got to be mortified. Mortified because everything that you talked about was bringing in Carson Wentz because you thought he would get you to the promised land. He is a f- scrub, okay? He is no better than an average. No, he's, he's a bum. You're sitting here. He's in the NFL. He's doing a job. He just played poorly. The problem so, was it almost was like they tried to make him the reason why they were going to get in the playoffs. Instead of saying, 
The reason why we're going to get in the playoffs is because Carson Wentz is not going to lose us a game. And, Jan- and Jonathan Taylor is going to curious, like what the Titans have done, like other teams have done where they realize, like the Patriots, we're not going to let him lose the game for us. Just, you know, or, or you're not going to win the game for us. Just don't lose us the game for us. And that's and, why I say and shame on me. Carson Wentz, as a team, now I'm not going to blame just Carson Wentz, but the team, Frank Wright, the franchise, you, the whole team is a disappointment. They got embarrassed, and, and, and Joe, that is the really surprising game because a couple weeks ago, me and Ted, I think you were at school or something. You ran a little late. And we were talking about, at the time, two eight and 8-6 teams that were looking like they were going in the right direction that could be very dangerous in the uh, AFC and NFC playoffs. And it was the 49ers at the time and the Colts. And I, I believe Ted said the 49ers, and I said the Colts. I've been, I was a big believer in the Colts. I trusted I was, Jimmy Jimmy. Exactly. I was riding high because I trusted Carson Wentz. Well, I stand corrected, and I'm a fool for that because Carson Wentz – I mean, you look at his numbers this year. His numbers are actually really good. I mean, 3,500 yards, 27 touchdowns, seven picks. I mean, that's good numbers. But the reason, like you said, Ted, you brought this guy, just like the Rams did, you brought this guy in because you felt like he was the missing piece, and he was the piece that was going to get you over the hump. I said this a couple weeks ago because this team had all the right ingredients to make a deep run in the AFC, wide open AFC uh, postseason. I couldn't be more far from the truth. And I'll talk to you about another thing that I was completely wrong in our next segment about the New York Giants. But, Joe, I, I mean, this week, unbelievable. Just like the past 17 weeks, it just it started with chaos. It ended. Well, I mean, here's here's the other thing, and I'll oh. let Joe answer this, but it's Sean McVay who was 46-0. and 0. Leading at halftime in his 45 career. He's now 45 and 1. And but that might have been another question where you could add it to this, which most surprising that they were up 17 and nothing with Matthew Stafford and that team, and the 49ers came in and came back and won that game. And I'm not surprised. Again, and again, the 49ers beat the Rams. And something that I'm if I'm a Rams fan, I I'm almost starting to fall back on the Joe, the Joe Aguirre segment is I got some questions about Matthew Stafford going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you know, listen, the 49ers keep beating Matthew, uh, keep beating uh, uh, Big Vey and those Rams, uh, just like just like uh, the Jaguars beat the Colts. And and uh, I, I had my money in the right place this weekend on both of those because they're, they're they yeah. seem to be about as guaranteed as possible, which is insane. The biggest upset here clearly is the Colts, because I thought the Colts, it was like the 2004 Red Sox to me, where. If you guys get in, you're going all the way. Like, I could totally see it. I remember telling Red Sox fans that as they struggled in 04 to get that wild card, that I thought they had a playoff kind of winning team. I think the Colts could have gone on a run here. So, yeah, this sure. is definitely shocking. Uh, they they definitely didn't didn't play their best game. And Carson Wentz, once a bum, always a bum. That That is for sure. I think the other reason why that that game stands out so much is, let's be honest, the Chargers and the Raiders, neither one of those teams is a Super Bowl contender. You know, uh, I, I, I think pick, one of those I would, teams, I would have said probably the Chargers just because of the fact that I would have. Their defense you know, is terrible. Is, yeah, their defense yeah. is awful. It's not their defense. defense is terrible. And 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 so everybody knows Trevor screamed at me before the show started. If anybody he, saw, yeah, it would it would be uh, it'd be what, a mature con- it would be only for the mature content. That's and all. all I all I was simply saying was was this, and yeah, I, anybody, I'll put it out there. Listen, get that record, did anybody get that on record? 
I wish somebody had. Um, That's how he feels being a Giant fan right now. Very fired up. I I don't know that Staley's timeout is my big issue here. Because, uh, again, I you couldn't just trust that the Raiders were going to run out the clock. I don't know what they said afterwards. Maybe they, maybe they were, but maybe they weren't. I still think they were going to try to kick a field goal. The Raiders. It's one of the greatest what-ifs in football, huh? Sure. But the Raiders and Chargers aren't friends by any stretch. And I, I can't see the Raiders sitting on the ball and helping the Chargers go to the postseason. I would rather see the Steelers in the postseason than the Chargers if I'm the Raiders. All things considered, if, if if I have to run into one of those teams, maybe I would definitely want to play the Steelers. So that to me, there's a my big beef with Staley is that he settled for three. That you had Justin Herbert playing as insanely well as he was for the fourth quarter. I I didn't feel like they really wanted to score a touchdown. It was yeah, just kick to three and then see where we're at from there. That was my bigger beef. And like you said, Teddy, listen, you let that guy go and do his thing, Herbert. They probably went on the field, score a touchdown. And, and we're literally that that fourth quarter regulation drive would have a name. It would be a drive that we would be talking about 35 years from now when Justin Herbert on the last that that would have been monumental. I still say would they, he's got to share some of the responsibility. Because once again, Justin Herbert leaves it on his defense, the same unit that, that constantly Staley, fails him. Are you surprised that Staley didn't go for two in that situation, not even going to overtime? Because you think he get the ball at the two-yard line for a two-point conversion. Well, and here's the other thing. Here, hold on. For a guy that's been overly aggressive throughout this entire season with play calling and going forward on fourth down inside their own territory, to think that you couldn't get two yards with a guy like Justin Herbert and your offense – and to think that screw it, why do we have to go to overtime? Well, you got to figure Oakland's defense was worn out after that 19 play drive. And I, I was just going to ask the same question: Do you think even Brandon Staley had any thought process of going for two at the end of the game to win the game? Because that's his motto, right? It's fourth and one on our own 18. We're going to go for it, which no one in the league would have done that. I know we had talked about Brandon Staley another time a couple weeks ago on a, a previous game. Yeah, it was, the, it, was the Char- it was the Chiefs game, I believe. Where he had gone for certain situations where we said, listen, I, I think he cost his team a game again. And then he answered the question like, I'm better than all you, I'm smarter than all you, it just didn't work out. Joe, and, but I will say this, knowing the situation that Joe was just talking about, knowing the defense can't stop no one, knowing Herbert's got the hot hand, why not go for two, right? Just, I mean, he, right now he, he couldn't go – he could not be – couldn't go wrong. He, there was nothing seemed like Herbert could do wrong in the fourth quarter. Especially as long as you kept the ball in his hands, you almost was like, I need three and two count. I need the bottom of the ninth, and I need him on the mound because I know he's going to get the strikeout. Like he you felt was, like at times you were like, if you were a Chargers fan, you're like, we have Mar- we have Mariano Rivera right now. We have our closer in, and he's gonna he's gonna deliver us a, a victory. Well, we, we went like, to the extra innings and we let the bullpen go. Yeah, that's true. And I'm glad you brought the baseball reference up because, Joe, I, before we get into the Giants, we, we've talked about this on countless times in baseball. And the word that I most despise in all of sports is the word analytics because it has ruined baseball games. It has ruined teams to winning championships. And in this case, last night and maybe throughout the season because Brandon Staley and these younger guys are using more of the analytics now. The analytics, they're ruining sports. How, how do you try to justify making it not back to what it was, 
but just where you have not these young coaches overthinking every freaking time there's Listen, a situation, a tough decision to make. Let's like be last, clear like about last something. night with Staley. Yeah, listen, let's be clear about something. Coaches have always used analytics. Yes. I mean, analytics, the result is it's ever since they started, you know, how many at-bats you had? Five, two hits? But uh, you think it's gotten to a point where it's gotten well, out of control. Well, here's, here's what's happened is, again, you – sometimes you have to be able to look at analytics and say, no, nah, no, nah, I don't care what that says. And I think that's a really hard thing to do. It's hard to look at statistical information, to look at dead square in the eyes and be like, I'm going to do the opposite of that. Because if you're wrong, they're going to show all the evidence was right there, moron. And you're like, ah, I felt it in my gut. And we've gotten away from the gut. We've gotten away from having coaches like that. And we've erred more on the side of people who only make their decisions based on exactly what the numbers say to do. Yeah, because the analytics don't play into it. In fact, like emotion, they don't figure that the drive, the 19-play drive, they don't figure home crowd advantage. They don't figure that I have Justin Herbert. Absolutely correct. Everything is analytically by computer, and everyone's supposed to be on the same boat when we all know all three of us are on different boats, all right? We're still sailing at the same path, but we're on different levels. You know what I mean? And it doesn't take into account emotion, offensive line play, stamina, weather. And we saw this in the World Series two years ago, or a year, I think it was two years ago, with the Rays and the Dodgers. Blake Snell was pitching a freaking gem, a beauty. And Kevin Cash decided to take him out and go bullpen. Think about this for a minute, though, Trevor. You just said analytics is ruining sports, but I'll bet you if I went and talked to somebody who's a fan of the Tampa Bay Rays or of the Atlanta Braves and I said, what do you think of analytics? They'd be like, love them, live by them. It's the best thing that ever happened to sports. Does the analytics only feel good when it's working and it's when not it works? Yeah. Well, yeah, dude, because again, when it works, you, you take out the second guessing. You know, Grady Little lost his job in 2003 because he looked the greatest pitcher of our generation dead square in the eyes. And he goes, give me one more. And Pedro, well, yeah. And he didn't have one more. Nope. Uh, and Giambi quickly proved it. And that guy lost his job because of that. Grady Little lost his job because everything, all the paperwork said, take Pedro out. And he went with his gut. And that's probably the day where (laughs) analytics literally were the tipping scale towards if if the information's on your your notepad and you buck it, you're gone. That's a fireable offense. Which, again, is why a few weeks ago when I made a big deal about about the, the, uh, the John Harbaugh thing, Again, I wasn't. I'm not saying John Harbaugh should be fired, but you can't hold some coaches to certain standards and others to others. John Harbaugh does not care what the analytics say because this is a guy that looked Lamar in the eye. Get me two? Yeah, I'll get it. And he didn't. And then two weeks later, with the backup in, he was like, "We're doing it again." Are you insane? Like a sane person would have. You'd have been like, "Dude, you can't. You couldn't possibly." Think that this is a good idea again with the backup in throwing to the same guy that didn't catch the last one, same play, pretty much really insane. Repeating the same thing and expecting different results is literally the definition of insanity. insanity. Okay, so again, kudos to John Harbaugh and kudos to any coach that goes forward on fourth down. I'm a big fan. 
I think, again, sometimes if you're hot, you're feeling it, you're moving the ball, Teddy, your offensive line's pushing the other team around, fourth and one, let's go for it. I'm all about it. I think sometimes you got to gamble on your team. You got to, again, we're, 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 we're going uh, quarterback sneak from the four-yard line. You know, what, what would Andy Reid have done with Chad Henney in that Joe, we're losing Joe. We lost Joe. The connection. Oh. We gotta. We'll get him back. We'll get him back. Is he back? I know. Where he's, he's, I know where he's going. going. He was leading with the Giants and going for it on the. No, the but Giants I'm. I'm, they could I'm take a quarterback sneak ninety nine yards. Back? Is he back? Let's see. Are you back? Oh, I'm he's back. blurry now. He's blurry now, though. Oh, speaking of blurry, because that's all it's freaking been for the New York Giants franchise is a big freaking blur. And you just said insanity. Well, this team and this franchise has made many of us Giant fans go explicit insane. Where do I begin? I said a couple weeks ago, I wasn't going to talk about the Giants for the rest of the 2021 season. Well, I kept my word in the sense of the New York Giants season is over. So I kept my word on that. Let's get into all of what's been going on. And we just talked about the Jacksonville Jaguars winning a game, shocking the Colts and eliminating them from postseason. The Texans. Are you Why? laughing? What are you laughing at? What is he laughing at over there? No, I'm very excited to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, right. The Lions won a football game. The, hear this thing. The Lions, even the Jets, even though they lost, who have the worst defense in football, Still play the Bills tough. My point is, is that when you see a team, teams that are supposed to be garbage, like those teams competing, and then you see a team, a, a once proud franchise, become a cloud, a clown franchise, and make a mockery of everything. I stood here two years ago and I felt that the New York Giants were going in the right direction when they made this hire, when I listened to the press conference of Joe Judge. A year ago, when I was on this show, when I was on drawing about the G-Men, I sat here and felt excited of the future of the New York Giants because I felt like we had an identity, finally. I felt like we were going in the right direction. I sit here now a fool because I believe a con artist in Joe Judge. And that's what Joe Judge is. And I hate to say that, and the reason why I'm pissed off, probably more than both of you, is because I was the last guy out of the three of us to, to, to defend Joe Judge. That's my biggest issue. I have defended this guy. I've been on Joe Judge. I've been team Joe Judge up until the, probably the past couple weeks where he has completely lost me. This franchise is an absolute joke. I want to just say why the New York Giants – I've hit rock bottom. This is how you know, as a franchise, you've hit rock bottom. 22 and 59 over the past five years, tied with the New York Jets for the for worst record. Back to back weeks that they were the center of attention for looking like a mockery, a clown show for the wrong reasons. Last week, negative 10 yards pass. All three of us had more passing yards than the New York Giants last week against a garbage-ass Chicago Bears team who just fired their head coach this morning and their GM, Ryan Pace, okay? And then last yesterday was the icing on the cake, going for two back-to-back -back quarterback sneaks. Quarterback sneaks. When do you see that in the NFL? 
Unless you're at the one yard line, okay. <laughs> okay, I understand. Now you're now even on the one yard line, I'd be bent if you ran Dave back Gettleman. to back sneaks. His tenure is finally, thank you, God, is finally over. 19 and 46 under Dave Gettleman. Over the last six games, there's remember they were four and seven. I don't know how in the world this team won four games this year. They were outscored 163 to 56. All losses, by the way. They scored two touchdowns in an offensive league on 46 offensive possessions in the final four games. They are 1-5 versus the NFC East, 3-9 against the NFC. So let's not even talk about the Super Bowl. Let's just talk about the playoffs getting there. They can't even win their division. And finally, you were swept by the one team that you've been dominating for some time now for the first time in 2011. This team is the definition of a clown franchise, a clown-ass organization. You know what makes it even funnier? Is that the New York Giants are bringing back Joe Judge. The Mara family should never, ever step foot in New York City again. Not even in MetLife. Stay your old asses home. You should be embarrassed what product you've produced for the past 10 years. You are a laughing stock. And he wants to talk about clown organizations. Yo, Judge, you said two years ago, we're going to punch you in the mouth for 60 minutes. All you're doing is punching air and punching yourself in the face because you became a mockery. You become a con artist. And the reason why I'm so freaking pissed off is because I believed you. I believed in the Giants. And I believe I love this damn proud franchise because I am Big Blue. I believe Big Blue. I will die a New York Giant fan. But as a New York Giant fan, an avid, passionate fan, I am sick and tired of what we have seen. And I speak for all three of us and all Giant fans because I know there's a bunch of it happened. I speak for all three of us. We're sick and effing tired of this garbage product. They are a joke. They've become the mockery of the NFL. And you know what? Bravo, Maris, because you have literally made the one thing that you probably wish you never saw. Your father is rolling in his grave right now for what you have produced as a New York giant franchise. Yeah. This, the whole team as a whole, I thought you listen, you know, Joe, we, we have joked, what, four years since doing the show. We kind of joke about the lions, the Browns, the jets, the Jags. If you watched football yesterday and you really weren't sure of what was going on during the season, you would have said that the New York giants are the worst team in football. By far. You would have just watched the game and just by, like, even if you weren't a big-time knowledgeable football fan, you could just see what was like, oh, this team really can't move the ball. Isn't the object to score points in a league where there's a lot of points scoring? It's like if they were playing basketball and only scoring 80 points a game when everyone else scores 100, they set an NFL record by losing their last six games by 10-plus points. Never done in Giant history. They've been outscored the last six games 163-56. to now, some of them say, well, they didn't have their starting quarterback. All I know is if I watched Andy Dalton play for the Giants, he would have been better than who they had. The Giants as a whole, I don't think – here's the thing. I wasn't around in the 70s. But Dad was saying yesterday, even with Uncle Jerry the other night, that even the teams in the 70s, yeah, they lost, but they didn't get blown out. They fought. You know, they just weren't good. They just – but they lost all the time. This team is awful. There is nothing proud about being a New York Giant today. There's nothing to be proud about. The organization has nothing to be proud about. The GM has nothing to be because now he has no job. Our coach, 
who comes in and talks about discipline, talks about work ethic, about energy. What energy, bro? He's a con who artist, are you bro. speaking to, artist. bro? He talked his he sweet talked his way into getting to the job, and that's why they gave him it. Here's the thing: you can make excuses. There's injuries. Well, the Tennessee Titans had injuries too. All right, the Baltimore Ravens, the Steelers. Well, the most injury-prone team this entire season. They were one game away from making the postseason. But the Steelers made the playoffs. You know, considering the Raiders situation while we started the show, their head coach with the thing, a player who committed DUI, very unfortunate incident. Then the next day, their defensive back, Damon Arnett's talking about shooting people. Then last week after the game, they have another cornerback who gets arrested for DUI. Like, they traded three of their – Best lineman on during the reg, on in the offseason last year. You know, I mean, Darren Waller has been out for the last four games. They really Josh Jacobs has not been the same running back since so like everything's been on Derek Carr. Their defense is like, I don't know. And you, and then you just watch the games yesterday and you're like, the Giants are the worst team. There, there's nothing, they're awful. And then when you hear the fans, I mean, did you see the thing with the brown bag and then the Pepsi? Dude, there's nobody in the stands. Well, tickets were going for six bucks in the upper deck, but here's the thing. That's how you know you the, hit the definition five. of the New York Giants football yesterday was the back-to-back quarterback sneaks from inside the five, and it was like a rugby play because even the announcers and everyone else is like, "This is sad." Like, what is going are, on? They're bewildered because there's not words. Here's the thing: you can watch, you can watch and be a Lion fan, you can be a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, Jacksonville Jaguar fan, and look at the game and just say. You know, we just we don't have it. We got a decent quarterback. We need a couple offensive line, but you can see guys' energy and playing hard. What can you look at the Giants and be anything proud about? There is nothing to be proud about about being a Giant. Joe just talking about other teams, and we're the laughing stock, bro. We're the clown show. Who cares? I'd rather have my guys fighting the sidelines. That's more energy and more excitement. I see it on the sideline than my football team. And you're talking about this franchise. And that franchise and the Eagles, who were picked to finish dead last in this division, who they were laughing about Nick Sirianni, the coach. They had no quarterback. They lost off the Guess line. What? Yeah, they're, they're in the playoffs. playoffs this week playing Tom Brady. And, and and this is a time when you we should be talking about the postseason, which sports networks are talking about. But we're also talking about the Giants because of the fact that – and I'm talking about ESPN, Fox Sports, because of you've become a national clown show. I mean, people, I literally just nonstop that quarterback snake. This is an offense. This is what, this is an offense in an offensive league. And you're going to sit here and tell me, dude, you should just shut the hell up and don't ever speak again because this is unbelievable. How a guy like Brian Flores got fired and a guy like Joe Judge is keeping a job. That's why the New York Giants are ass backwards because they're Joe, still living. And, and, and don't get, and don't even get me started, Joe. Joe doesn't if they it, decide Joe, to hire Kevin Hold on. Hold on. If they decide to hire Kevin Abrams, stop with the Kevin Abrams thing. All right, he's why is he stop with it? It's one of the he's one of the favorites. It's not like stop. He's like not he's one of the ch- favorites, but anyone's okay. a favorite right now. You and me could be a favorite if we can give him a good story to tell. But Joe, I will tell you this, and you you're going to speak about this. I asked my dad this question yesterday. You watched football the last couple weeks as Giants. What are they practicing? Because you're supposed that's that's what I, yeah, I like- was literally just going to bring that up. I would love to see what practice looks like because no, right, we've all, no, what, Joe, we've what, is all offense, what is the offensive practice? Well, that's like? what I mean because well, that's a big part of what your practice is. Is you put your your offense up against your defense, right? You run your two minutes. You yeah, like you're always doing that. Like that's one of those things in practice. So that you, at least there's always the opportunity for your offense and your defense square off. And I I I was thinking about that a lot yesterday. I thought. 
Like in practice, are are is the defense just kicking their ass, and the Giants are like, this defense is so good, the <laughs> offense won't even need to move the ball. Man, you guys can't move the ball on this defense. And then you get to the game, it's like, oh no, it's just because these guys are so unbelievably incompetent. Uh, but any, listen, I I I'm pretty certain the two teams playing tonight would both beat the Giants by three scores. Joe. Joe, how is Jason? What do you think Jason Garrett's thinking? He's probably laughing in his crib right now, going, "You guys thought it was is he my still fault. Paid by the you time? guys thought it was my fault. Is he still you guys paid? are so much worse than I. You Joe, played you know what's me. Also bad. You played me as a coach. They were more incompetent than I have ever seen a New York Giant football team in my thirty-four years of life. And I know that's not a lot. Dude, it was literally like Jason Garrett took the playbook. And they had to just like improvise like some things they could do over the last ha- half of the season. Like, you know, we'll do get in like a third and long with just um, run it up the middle or whatever. Can you I? Know? Be, how about the, how about like, this? It's because here's the other thing. Listen, it, my my issue when Jason Garrett was there, I, I've said this before, was that the, you did never see what a flow to the offense. It never seemed like like one play didn't necessarily add up to the next play. And that's only gotten even more discombobulated since you took Jason Garrett out of that role. Again, I feel like with Freddie Kitchens, they ran some some other trick plays, some wildcat stuff. You saw some different things, but again, there was no there was no flow to the offense. One play doesn't necessarily wasn't setting up play two, play three. It was hey, what do you think will work? Hey, what do you got? You know, throw me something. And 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 I, 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 it's important that the Giants get somebody in who's been an offensive coordinator or that really knows how to call plays, because another season of that is so unacceptable. It's not even funny. the The idea that this team just just has no ability to move the football up or down the field. It's I mean, those numbers are. That's according to Joe Judge. That's progress. That's progress, according to Joe Judge. That's that's progress. Yeah, and that's and and listen, you know what? This guy, I told you a couple weeks ago, he had he had two jobs to do. Don't let the team quit on you, and don't embarrass yourself. He embarrassed himself the last two weeks. He did that. I mean, they got humiliated on the field each of the final two games of the season. I mean, not even the past six, close. Yeah, the past six weeks, they've gotten. But I'm saying he got he officially got the like you're coming back one more year, and all he had to do was not embarrass himself and not look like you lost the locker room. Again, you go out and get humiliated twice on the field. Ah, all right, you're really making this hard. And then you start running your mouth, not once, but multiple times. To to the the point where now you've embarrassed the entire organization. I said the other day, dude, this guy could have easily hid behind. Just blame Gettleman. Just blame it all on Gettleman. And we could have all taken that and given you a few more months. We'll get in here and see what happens next year. But he had to run his mouth. And 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 to me, really, just made this even worse. And I think, it, Trevor, I think it was you that said it. If you have to say you're not a clown show organization, it's usually the clown show organization that has to make a statement like that. You this wouldn't. The you... Patriots wouldn't have to tell you they're not a clown organization. 
The Chiefs wouldn't have to tell you that. Yeah, when you have the to Giants saying, do. When you have to start saying stuff like that, we're like we're not a clown organization. You're literally saying we're a clown organization, but I'm going to pretend that we're not. And I'm not a liar. Uh, here's one. Here's yeah. one thing. We to didn't. Make, we didn't sign them to trade them either. To make this things is not a clown show organization. If you really want to know just how bad this uh, this season was. Offensive tackle Lane Johnson has more touchdowns than Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony put together. Yeah, so, well, I mean, I have just more putting that out there that for a, a, a just for a guy that just got paid seventy two million dollars and their first round pick. Can I just clear more- something up, by the way? Because you did yeah. you did before the show when you were yelling at me, you did you did act like I'm in love with Daniel Jones or something, which is fine because I'm not. <laughs> but I will say this: the next moron that I hear. Talk about Daniel Jones's turnover problem is somebody I'm going to say, did you not watch the first 11 games of the season? Because I'll tell you what, Daniel Jones did a tremendous job protecting the football for the 11 games where he was the starting quarterback. He did not throw a lot of interceptions. He only had like two bonehead fumbles. He did a really good job, especially when he was being tackled of holding on to the football it was like the guy definitely took some steps forward in getting rid of that problem, Trevor. He still can't consistently take his team down the field, and he still can't put the ball in for six. So those are the problems Daniel Jones currently has. The turnover thing, is a, that, that was last year and the year before problem. Yes. The problem we currently have is him getting the ball down the field and into the end zone. So... Let, let, let's be clear where we're at. The, the, the turnover problem, we've turned the corner. Now he needs to be able to lead this team to points. Because if you can't score points, then, then you're, you can't be the quarterback. That's the league that we live in. Because oh, yeah. here's the other thing. You could live with turnovers. You could live with 15 picks if he threw 35 touchdowns. Brady did it. You know what I mean? You could throw Stafford, a dozen Matthew picks Stafford, if you Stafford throw 40, 40 scores. T- Matthew Stafford had 40 touchdowns and 12 picks. I mean, it happens. That's what I'm saying. Justin you Herbert could, had 40 touchdowns and, and like 13 picks. I mean, it happens. Right. The problem is when you throw 10 touchdowns and 12 picks. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a definite correlation between how many touchdowns you yeah, throw they, and how many picks you throw before it's a turnover problem. It looks yeah, a lot better. Yeah, it looks a lot better. Yeah, you only have 30, 30, to, 30 to 10 instead of 10 to 7. It, to, yeah, it's I mean, a, and not for nothing, go back to Jameis Winston's last year as the sorted quarterback. Oh, yeah. 30-30. Listen, if those 30 interceptions didn't lead to losses – You'd be you would have been fine with them for the 30 touchdowns. You would have been fine with it. Again, oh. it's when they happen is more important than how many there are. Because if you can overcome those mistakes, you're fine. All I want to so, finish with with this. I, I think it's important that we all get that clear that the Daniel Jones has learned to take care of the ball. The problem now is points and lack of. All I want to finish with is. The four teams that are in front of the New York Giants right now, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be happier with their situations than the New York Giants. The Giants out of the top five, and just another thing, Giants just had an historically bad season. <laughs> they still only got the fifth pick. <laughs> that just says, well, like, you yeah. know what? Not for nothing. When I root against the Giants every week on John about the G-Men and everybody, you're, you're not a real Giants fan. 
No, I'm tired of getting like the sixth and seventh pick. Because the, of, the gold is in the top two, three, four, and everybody knows that. Yo, I'm just tired of them losing. Yeah, so we can get a running back. Yeah, just draft. Don't worry. Get, no, we'll just dra- no this time we'll draft a tight end. It's <laughs> fine. We'll just draft like that. There's a lot from. Uh, uh, there's. Dude, I forgot to think about how many people last year were hoping the Giants would have had a chance to draft Kyle Pitts, and it's like, dude, stop. Yeah, imagine that. Stop. Yeah, who's well, going to throw in the ball this year? <laughs> Jake Fromm. All I was going to say is uh, also real quick for anybody who who wanted Jake from back there starting quarterback for the last couple of games because Mike Lennon's so bad. Huh? Huh? <laughs> At least I will say this. If Mike Lennon's the worst quarterback in football, he's at least better than Jake from. <laughs> well, I'd be happy if we didn't put, put out a quarterback at all. I'd be happy with it. Honestly, dude, if Kadarius Tony was healthy, I think the Giants would have been better off running an offense with Kadarius Tony running an option wildcat with Saquon a Booker. There is no, there is question marks from the top all the way to the bottom for the New York Giants. It's awful to be a New York Giant fan for the final time of the 2022 NFL season. Now we are done talking about. The god awful New York until they Giants. fire Joe Judge later this week, and we'll be until they fire Joe Judge, <laughs> and then we'll be back for another episode of Keys. <laughs> but I bet Giant fans were hoping that a guy was coming out a year early, and that's Bryce Young. And why do I say Bryce Young? Well, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I know we had some unbelievable NFL football. Well, you could turn the TV on for all those naysayers and the haters of the SEC and the people that want to bitch and moan that the SEC continues to dominate, well, then stop him. So why do I say Bryce Young? Well, because well, he's been leading the charge. He's been leading the tide. And if he was a year earlier, he'd be the number one pick of this coming NFL season. And I bought a lot of teams were hoping that in a quarterback class that's very weak right now would love, and I bet the New York Giants included, would love to have a chance to go get Bryce Young. So let's get into it. A month ago, the number one team in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs, the most dominant defense of all time in college football history, could not be stopped. Well, Bryce Young (laughs) did everything, and the Georgia Bulldogs had no answer for the same Crimson Tide team. We just saw both of these teams dominate in the college football playoff. We didn't really get to recap because – Ted was over in Florida, so we didn't have a chance to really talk about the college football playoff. He was over but they were all that was down in Florida, in the sunny state of Florida, living the good life. And now you're back in the cold state of North of the Northeast. Anyways, you look at how these two teams got here and how dominant they've been. Does the Georgia Bulldogs? It's a very simple question. Do they avenge their only loss against the Tide, and do they finally get over the hump? and win their first national championship in over 40 years, 41 years to be exact. The Atlanta Braves just won a World Series. Can the Georgia Bulldogs add to the state of Georgia? Who wants to take it away? I've been talking a lot. Joe, you got anything? I mean, I can. I, I do. Mean, Joe talks I a do. lot of college football. I know he follows well, I'll tell stuff. you a few things. Number one, um, I thought Bama was going to beat Georgia – all year long, I said that. Uh, all things considered, Georgia was great against everybody. Bama was great against everybody. Uh, oh my goodness, who they lose to? Mississippi Texas State. Texas oh, A&M. Texas A&M. Right, right on the field goal. Um, 
you know, listen, when when you look at uh look at the year Clemson had, it took Clemson a little time to get that offense on track. They were horrible the first six, seven games of the year. Yeah, uh once DJ Ulugalele got that offense Is figured that really out and down. Name? That's how you're supposed to say it. Yeah. That's um, impressive. That's impressive. I will let thank you, you I'll let you pronounce his name from now on because I don't want to butcher his name because he's a very good quarterback. Yeah, he certainly is. But I, you know, I think same thing with Bryce Young. I I think early on Bryce Young had to figure some things out. He got a little PT last year in some of the blowouts, but it's different when you're leading the charge. Right. And, 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 and I thought even again in watching and, and Bama played a lot of close games this year, they had a few close games, uh, amongst a lot. To me, their offense always could score when they needed to, including in that game against AM. and uh, m just ended up scoring one last time, uh, and that ended up being the difference in the game. I, 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 I'll tell you what, Stetson Bennett played out of his mind against Michigan. He's going to need to do something similar against Alabama. Yep. Well, those are his numbers. That's right the now. only that would be the only way that that they can win this football game because you know, Georgia is going to try to run the football. That's what Georgia does. They're going to try to play great defense. But Bama is still to me. One a, you know, this yeah, is but- this to me is, you know, I'll make an, uh, an analogy to MMA. This is Alexander Volkanovsky against Max Holloway. Max Holloway is one of the greatest of all time. He cannot beat Volkanovski. And there'll be a trilogy this year where I expect Volkanovski will win a third close fight against Max Holloway. I think I, I, I just think Alabama is that much better than everybody else. There's a reason that first game went the way it did. And I I have a bunch of friends, uh, Ovi Muniz being a big Georgia fan, being one of those guys, he's convinced they're going to win. And my question was, what do you think different is going to happen this time. I mean, Alabama goes out there and Alabama does what Alabama does. They they play their game. You're not disrupting Bama. They tried that last year in the national championship. Thought they could rattle Mac Jones. He's never been in the spotlight. Uh, and Mac, Mac was fine. So I, I, I you watch the way Bryce Young plays with the poise of a senior. I, I This kid's not going to be faced in the slightest. George is going to have to get on him. That all-pro offensive line uh, at Alabama, they're just too good. They're just too talented. Georgia, to me, would beat anybody else in the country tonight. I'm glad you brought that up. They're not beating Bama. Because Kirby Smart is 0-4 against Saban. Bama's won seven straight over Georgia. And you're talking about Bryce Young and how he's been the best player in the country, deservingly so. Last time they've met, here's his numbers for how he cemented the Heisman and why he was so over the overwhelming favorite. 26 of 44, 421 yards, three touchdowns, also three carries for 40 yards. So he had 461 of the 536 total yards from Bama. Oh, and by the way, for that great defensive line that they were talking about Georgia, Bryce Young was never sacked. And third down conversion, Bama 7 of 14, Georgia was three of 12. But the time of possession, Georgia had a t- almost plus 10 in that category. This comes and, down and to. And still couldn't win. That's yeah, insane. Got, the I thing know, about they, that. Yeah. I, I'm so glad that you brought that up because listen, 
Oh, you're you know, the time, but you're the top guy. Listen, they the went. Oh, it's it's important. It's how you win games, and the the fact that you could dominate time of possession, it it also means because listen, the, the score forty one twenty four, like that game wasn't even that close. No, I mean I would say that those extra ten minutes are as as much part of the reason why the game was even close as it was score wise because it shouldn't have been. And and again, I I just don't see there being a scenario where things go way differently to where. I'll put it to you like this. I just got on FanDuel this week. I put $3 on Georgia to win the national championship. The payout is $93. I had to put $20 on Bama to win back $20.50. Vegas knows who's going to win. No, but it's funny because Georgia. It's not Georgia. Georgia's a two-point favorite, right? Two-and-a-half-point favorite, which is weird. Which is weird. It is weird. I don't get that. Ted, what do you think about this I don't get it either. No. I'm excited for it. These are the two best teams in football. Me too. These are, you know, people don't like this where there's, um, you know, you get the same teams. But I was just reading something while you guys were talking. It was talking about, oh, there's no period in college football. Well, over the past 60 years, only 13, 13 schools have won 88% of the national titles. Alabama, Miami, Nebraska, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, and USC. All right. Miami dominated the 80s and 90s, winning four titles in eight years. Florida State was in the top five for 14 straight years from 87 to 2000. USC won 82 games between 2002 and 2008. And then, you know, now you got the Alabama dynasty. What I will say to this is Georgia's got to play with the lead. All right. Now you would say, well, they have played with the lead against Alabama. Four straight games. Going back to if I have the if I have the correction right, the number is right in front of me. It was 2017. They led 13 nothing at halftime. 2018, they led 21 seven late in the first half. 2020, they led 24 17 late in the first half. And we know what happened this year. They led early 10 nothing in the second quarter, and they end up losing the last two years by the same score, 41 24. Stenson Bennett is a much better quarterback when he plays with the lead. Obvious common sense facts. But here's the thing. He's he's that much better when he plays with the lead. He's only thrown 57 passes this whole season being down. So he's used to playing with the lead. So what makes him great is the play-action pass. When you have the lead, you run the football, you dominate the line of scrimmage, you play-action pass. What I think Stenson Bennett has to do for the, 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 the Bulldogs to win is this. When it's first down and five, first and ten, there's nothing open. Tuck it and run and go get three or four yards. He's got the ability. Don't try to don't try to do too much, all right? Because you're not that guy. Get what you can get. Take the checkdowns. Keep the clock moving. Run the football as the Bulldogs. You know, what I mean, and and then the Bulldogs play good defense. I think the biggest thing also that people have to consider is there is no John Mechie tonight. He was the best receiver in that game for Alabama in the SEC championship game. It wasn't Jamison Williams. It's Mechie. Mechie's out with a torn ACL. That's going to be a huge factor for Alabama tonight because Alabama wasn't able to really run the football over the field. It was the passing of Bryce Young. He was able to do whatever he wanted to do on that field. So, Georgia, listen, you got to blitz. They blitzed Alabama. They didn't, bl- they didn't really bring a lot of blitz because they felt like I was reading, I was watching some clips last but night. But they had zero they, sacks against Bryce Young. They didn't rush a lot. They rushed a lot. 
They rushed well, a lot I'm of just say one thing. LSU and Texas A&M, when they did blitz, blitz Alabama this season, they sacked Bryce Young 11 times, and that was – I know. They weeks. felt like because of that they thought the offensive line of, of the Tide was a liability where they all they had to do is rush four. At backfire. Here's my thing about a player we just talked about because the Georgia secondary has been vulnerable, and I think Bryce Young really demonstrated that in the SEC title game. I think the best player on the Georgia team has to be not Jordan Davis. It has to be N'Kobe Dean. I mean, he's he's going to be a top 10 pick. He's a guy like a Roquan Smith. He's a sideline to sideline backer. He, he's the leader of that team. I know Jordan Davis gets all the praise, but N'Kobe De- Dean, just like um, Will Anderson, who was probably, I mean, he might be the best player on Alabama. And that's saying a lot because there's talent all over that field. Kobe Dean has to be the difference maker for Georgia. He's got to be that leader. He's got to be that best player type guy for the for Georgia to have a chance because you know your secondary is one of your biggest weaknesses, realistically. So you have to do anything you can, and they do, Ted. I agree. You have to bring some sort of blitzes. Kirby Smart. Here's another step. Here's another we've thing. Jeff, Jeff, look, we've at this. look at this. Look at this. Great teams. Look at this. The great he's quarterback. Multiple you have to put pressure on. He's had multiple big leads against Saban, and he's lost all four of those games. Trevor, so this team has that. found ways to lose games and have heartbreak against Alabama. Kobe Dean has to be the difference maker, whether it's a spy on Bryce Young, because you know Young has the ability to extend plays with his feet, but he has to be that difference maker like a Will Anderson. That's what Will Anderson does for Alabama with defensively. He's dominant. And Nicobe Dean, he's going to have to do his best to go against a guy that just dominated the Cotton Bowl, Brian Robinson Jr., who had, uh, also was not at full health against the Georgia Bulldogs a month ago. So Georgia's going to have their hands full. He wasn't at full. He wasn't full health. Nobody's in full health this time of the year. Give me a he's break. Now, yeah, yeah, of course he definitely is Nobody now. Is. But Nobody no, but here's the thing: up. they're going to have to bring some pressure. They're going to have to blitz because if you're going to just do what you did last time, same game plan and rush four. It's going to be another long day, and Alabama will reclaim another championship, and they'll repeat, and it just adds to Nick Saban. And then we're going to start talking about Nick Saban. It's not just the greatest college football coach because that's already hands down. We may be talking about the greatest coach in all of sports history because that's how good he's been. I can't wait for this game, and everybody that wants to complain and say, oh, well, the SEC, they're, they're boring. They're no fun. Well, guess what? Then have an answer and beat them because you had your opportunity. Cincinnati had the opportunity. And you they know what? Michigan had the chance, and they I would like to point out Houston smacked Auburn around last year. The SEC did terrible in bowl games, going head to head against some of the smaller. I'm only, I'm only talking about top heavy. Yeah, listen. I mean, I don't think anybody would argue that Bama and Georgia should be playing for a national championship. I don't. I don't think anybody's arguing that. And we got Cincinnati into the dance. I don't. Again, I think. All As things considered, as they would, as I, I think this was a great four. Uh, you know, Cincinnati couldn't hang with Bama. Nobody can, and and, and, and I think I Georgia think Cincinnati did hang with them defensively, but yeah. their offense was not up to par. I'm 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 just saying, I I would expect that Georgia will lose by as much as what Cincinnati Cincinnati lost by. So you got Bama winning, as I proclaim, Ted. Who do we got winning? Do we got roll tied for a repeat? Or we Wait, got real Georgia? quick. You want to upset a Georgia fan today? Ask them this question. Ask them who who was the reason they didn't win a national championship last season. And you know what they'll tell you? The problem was Kirby Smart is an idiot, and he insisted on starting Stetson Bennett over JT Daniels. 
Now, if you ask Georgia fans why they're going to win the championship this year, they'll tell you because Stetson Bennett's awesome. I'm not quite sure what changed from a year ago, but mm, no dogs. Uh-huh. All right, so my, my heart, my heart wants to say Georgia Bulldogs will win in a rematch because there's just so much incentive. Like, okay, we okay, you got us. You we you, you kicked our rear ends. Now we got you. Like we know what's coming for you. Like you, we took all your punches and we got knocked out. Rematch, I got you. Like I know all your weaknesses now. I think Brockers, the tight end from Georgia, is going to have a huge game. I think my gut wants to say Georgia, but my brain. Says, how can you go against Saban, right? How can you go against Saban? Yeah, right. He just doesn't lose. He just doesn't lose these big games. Um, I don't know. I don't. I I I just want to see a great game. I I don't know who I, I think. I, I think Georgia wins. Say, Georgia. You know what? Alabama's going to win. You know why? Because what do they have? They have the best quarterback in the field, and they have the best defensive player on the field. Will Anderson and Bryce Young. And at the end of the day, what do you need? You need superstars to win you title games. Regular games, anyone can step up. Title games, you need the best quarterback, which is Bryce Young, and you're going to need the best defensive player, and that's Will Anderson. And both of those guys can wreak, wreak havoc. We saw it before. Bryce Young was a different okay. animal, and, and Georgia had no answer for him. And Will Anderson, same thing. He's okay. the, He might be the best college football player in all football. So with that being said, go with Alabama and go with the best coach in history. And if and Nick Saban wins another title, you're going to start putting him not just in the greatest college football coach, but you're going to put him in the top three or top four greatest coaches of all sports in the entire history of our lifetime. Well, this year has been a year for droughts. Now, that could be a bad thing coming up in the next month because there's a team that we really do not want to see come anywhere near a drought and continue that drought if you know what if you get my uh if you get my the Cincinnati uh, Bengals no Ted they're in our division if you get my vibe if you get my gist the NBA championship the Milwaukee Milwaukee Bucks won their first championship in over 50 years done the MLB the Atlanta Braves first championship in over 26 years done the Georgia Bulldogs will be the national champions after a 41-year drought. Joe, I'm not even a Georgia fan. No, I know. Because, you know, I, I really feel like this. I, I like that. that. That is a long drought. But I also remember years? from yesterday that the Colts can't beat the Jaguars <laughs> and the Rams can't beat the Niners. And some things just never change. Yeah, that's that's not sometimes that's not it's just the way it is. I but, just don't think Georgia is think ever going to be Miami. I think prevail. I think but Joe, you know what? We didn't think Michigan could beat Ohio State. Michigan finally got over the hump. You Michigan know, finally beat Ohio State too. Hate oh. to say it, but we oh. find. Oh, also this other drop. We finally got a non-five power five team in the college football playoff. Fair enough. It? Fair enough. Well, this is the year for droughts to be broken. Only up until this point. After tonight, let's keep the droughts going. That's all. No, I'm I want the Yankees drought to end then too. Well, no, we don't want the Yan- well, we. I, I, yeah, the Yankees <laughs> drought perfect. That's fine. The NFL drought would give me give give anybody but the Dallas Cowboys. Anyway, speaking of that, we will be back at the end of the week talking about man. Oh man, I cannot wait. Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. God, if you guys, if you have have girlfriends, sorry. If if your guy is a big football fan, it's not the time to be hanging out because there's a lot going on in the next month. A lot of football. There should be a woman's expo or something next weekend somewhere that they could all go to. Yeah, just go away for like a couple. Go for the weekend. Go to Cabo or something. 
go to Cabo and enjoy. But we'll be back talking NFC, AFC wild card. We'll be talking about the one seed, who has the best chance to represent their conference in the Super Bowl. Is it the Titans or is it the Packers? And I can't wait for it. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll see if there's any more firings coming along. We'll be back at the end of the week. Hope everybody enjoyed the first show of 2022. Big things to come. Ladies and gentlemen, Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcast and cruise control city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We are locking the statements. Streaming every Friday. You have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut.